I hope you got a good look at those, those people up here and the smiles and the faces. At the North Garland Church, we value our children very much. Amen? These children are our responsibility. Now, parents, they are your children. That is almost the most important job that you have in your lives. And our, ch our church, North Garland Church, we care about our, our, our children in any way that we can, can help to bring them up in God. We will do that. And the reason I had them sing that song this morning, Peace Like a River, is because we're going to talk about peace a little bit today. We've got the holiday season is coming upon us, right? And uh, for as much fun and excitement as the holidays are, how many of you guys get stressed out at that time of year? Raise your hand. Some people are like, ah, it's no big deal. But others of us, it's crazy madness time, right? And then we're supposed to be talking about, oh, we love one another in the holiday, and we're thankful for things. And, and sometimes I just feel like going, yeah, I'm just thankful that I'm sane today and able to complete a sentence with the craziness that's going on. And so I, I thought that we'd spend some time talking about peace this morning before it gets too much into that crazy time, okay? Um, so that maybe as we, as we gear up for the holidays, we'll, we'll try to focus on taking a step back from the madness and the, the arrangements. And are we going to spend the holidays with his side or her side or whose kids are coming and where are they going to sleep and, and all of that wonderful stuff. So let's bow our heads and, and ask the God of peace, to be with us this morning. Father God, I thank you for this day that you've blessed us with. God, as we gather this morning, uh, I pray that we are encouraged to be here. And God, I ask that as we talk about peace this morning, that, that your peace dwells in our lives. God, we allow ourselves to get worked up uh, and worry about things that we have no control over. So I pray that your peace, the peace that passes understanding, uh, will be in our lives this year. In Christ we pray. Amen. Um, the Gallup organization, uh, they're a group that does polls. And they, they will do polls about all kinds of things. Serious matters, not serious matters. Um, but their job is to, to ask people their opinions. And so... All throughout the year, they'll be taking these polls and surveys and getting people's thoughts. And so they did one recently about personal success. What criteria do people have to grade their personal success? How do they measure personal success? And so they gave them a list of 20 or 30 items and said, you know, pick your top 10 things. How do you know if you have personally been successful? And so these are the top few. The first one was good health. 58% of people said, if I have good health, I will feel personally successful. Next, at just under half, was an enjoyable job. If I have good health, if I enjoy my job. Uh, third, a happy family. Fourth, a good education. A peace of mind was fifth. And then sixth was good friends. That's a pretty good list right there. You know, if, if I can look through and say, I, I've got all of those things, good health, and I enjoy my job, happy family, education, peace of mind, good friends, the majority of us would probably be saying, 
Life is good. But I liked the peace of mind one there. 34% of people said, if I just had peace of mind, that I would, I would feel successful as a person. I'd be happy with who I was. And that caught my attention because the Bible talks a lot about peace. We have uh, in Isaiah 9, 9 verses 6, it says, The Prince of Peace and of the... In- and of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. In talking about Jesus coming. When in his birth, it talks about glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill towards men. Jesus himself says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. And then in Galatians 5, one of the fruits of the Spirit is peace. So the Bible talks a lot about this peace thing. And so not only do, do people in the world value peace, but God values it. And I got to thinking, if so many people want peace, then why is there so much turmoil in the, in the world, right? I mean, kind of the, the number one rule when, when, uh, when trying to bring people back together is you find a common ground, And then you work towards it from both sides. And so he gives a little bit, he gives a little bit, and then you meet in the middle and you're happy. Can't peace be one of those middle ground things? Well, if I want peace and you want peace, well, let's meet in the middle and let's see if we can't hammer this peace thing out. But then too often it turns into, well, let's see if we can't hammer this peace thing out. got to think of why is that? Why, if, if so many people want peace, why is there so much turmoil? And I think it has to do with our selfish nature. We want peace on our own terms. If, uh, if only the political party that I voted for would be in power, then we could have peace, Right? If, uh, if only I had all the things that I want, then I'd be at peace. If uh, only I could get revenge for that one thing, then I'd be at peace. If everybody would just agree with me, then we could have peace. You get what I'm saying? It's, we want peace, but it's only how I interpret peace. And so then you get two warring sides We want peace. We want peace. Let's go to war to get peace. Boom! And then it leaves this scorched earth ground for whoever wins the said battle. We won! We won an area that has been burned and desolated. But we have peace now, right? And scripturally speaking, we have the same thing. James chapter 4 says, What what causes quarrels and fights? Among you, is it not this? Your passions are at war within you. You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. And so even biblically, we see our own personal selfish selves getting in the way. We want peace my way. And then we'll all have peace if you just agree with me. 
So today we're going to be talking about this, uh, this peace that comes from God that's a little bit different than how we might normally perceive peace. Because really, most time we perceive peace when there's no turmoil going on in our lives. And most time turmoil is somewhat temporary. You get in an argument with somebody and it might last a week or two, but then it's gone. Or you might have an argument with your, with your spouse. I know none of you guys have quarrels with your spouses. Lisa and I sometimes do. But most of the time it's temporary, right? And that's generally how we grade peace. Is everything happy in my life right now? Then I have peace. The peace that God is talking about goes beyond these temporary things in our lives. So go ahead and turn to Philippians chapter 4. That's where we're going to be spending a lot of time this morning, uh, looking about this, at this peace of God. Chapter 4, verse 7, says this, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. This peace that passes all understanding. I like these verses here, but, but what I like even better, and what makes these real and, and authentic to me, almost being able to, to put myself in this place, is what happens a few verses earlier in verse 2. And number one, first, I would hate to have been these two ladies here. In verse 2, I entreat Yodia and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. I, I would hate to be called out by Paul. You know, if, if our church got a letter and we happened to be in an argument and all of a sudden there you are and your name gets read in front of the whole church. Not only that, but then it ended up in God's word for thousands of years. <laughs> I, I, would have, I would have hated to have been that person. I would have shrunk to about this size. But this is what makes this so real. is because this church had these two ladies that were quarreling. And it does my heart good to know that we're normal people. Normal people have arguments and quarrels. And so what follows is this talking about peace because these two ladies are not at peace. But how does he tell them to have peace? Listen, he says, I entreat Yodia and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. And that's kind of the first key that we have this morning for having peace. To do it in the Lord. Because as Christians, we're held to a higher standard now. It's not just what I think is best. What I said earlier about how we want peace, we want it on my terms. Guess what? That doesn't matter anymore. Because as a Christian, I'm living my life 
for somebody else. And so what brings peace? Well, let's start with what God wants instead of what, what I want, what I think would be best. Because sometimes I'm wrong. Let's agree in the Lord. And so for these two ladies, he says, it's not about you anymore. It's not about whether you win or not. Because I know we feel good. I feel good when I win an argument. You know, when I, when I have been able to, to make my case, and I throw down my points, this is why I'm right. And then whoever I'm having this disagreement with says, okay, you're right. Guess what? I feel good about that. That's right. <laughs> I knew I was right, and I'm glad you see it my way now. One of our children, I won't name who, likes to be right all the time, and uh, he's not. Just so you know. <laughs> I'm just laying my case in front of you guys so that if we ever see us arguing, then you know I'm right. Um, <laughs> we like to be right. We like to win that argument. It justifies us. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. But sometimes that doesn't matter anymore. It's not about what we want. It's about what God wants. And so think about it. When, um, when Christ was in the Garden of Gethsemane, before he was arrested, he was, he was going to be arrested. He was going to be crucified and die. He knew it. He knew what was coming. And he goes to the garden. He, he goes off by himself. He leaves his disciples behind him because he's going to pray. He prays a prayer. God, if there is any other way to do this, if there's any other way, then let's do it that way because I don't want to go through this. But then the best part of that prayer is he says, but not my will, but yours. Not my will, but yours. And that's a hard prayer to pray, but it's putting everything in his hand. And so for, for us, let's bring these things before God. Let's lay them down. But then say, but your will be done. And so what, what brings peace? God's will does. Let's do this in the Lord. Second thing to help us in, in peace. First, let's agree together in the Lord. Second, let's remember to include the Lord. Let's remember to invite God in this process with us. Because a lot of times, we like to do things by ourselves, right? I can do this. I can get myself out of this trouble. And so I, I don't need your help. I got myself in. I can get myself out. Guess what? We can't always do that. We need to invite God into this process with us. If it's Big enough to worry about, then it's big enough to pray about. In verses 4 and 5, chapter 4, 5, uh, five through 7, let your, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. 
God wants to hear what we have going on. He wants to know what we need, what we desire, what we care about. He wants us to bring those things to Him. To include Him in the process. Have you ever had a, a conversation with somebody and, and you know that something is bothering them? Or maybe it's not even a conversation. Just You can tell by the way they're, they're acting or the way they, they say things, or the way they're behaving, that you know something is bothering them. And so, you know, you wrestle with, do I need to ask them? Do I not need to ask them? Okay, I'll ask them. You know, what's bothering you? And what do they say? Oh, nothing. <laughs> what's bothering you? Nothing. Yeah. We all know that's not true. And so God invites us into that. He's there. He's ready to listen. And when we have something going on, he says, tell me about it. And I'll help you out throughout this process. In everything, with your prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let's bring our requests before God. Let's, let's invite Him into the process. So first, let's do it in the Lord, okay? Rem remember, what does God want done in our lives? Because it's not about me anymore. Next, let's include Him in the process. And finally, let's remember what God has done before. Look at verse 8 and 9. Whatever is true, honorable, just, and pure, whatever is lovely, commendable, if there's in any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Notice all the words that are past tense there. Learned received, heard, seen. All of that means that God has been working in our life. This, this, this whole time, God has been working. And we need to remember that so that we can have confidence in, in the times that God has helped us through the difficult times. Has God helped us through uh, an addiction? Remember that. Use that to bring our prayers to Him. Has God helped us through death or loss. Remember that. So then when we're faced with it again, let's come before God again so that God's peace will be in our life. But again, this peace of God is something that is not normal. <laughs> it's kind of weird. The peace that the world talks about means life is happy. Life is good. How are you doing? Can't complain about anything. Must mean you have peace, right? No. The peace that God talks about is one that comes even in the midst of turmoil because it's based in something other than just our temporary surroundings. The peace of God is based in His Spirit being in our lives. It's having God in our life. Somebody once said that peace is not the absence of problems, Peace is the presence of God. That's where true, true peace 
comes into our lives. And so there was a, there was a lady that was having a conflict with, with some friend, and um, she saw her coming down the aisle in the grocery store. And she had the same thought that all of us have probably had before of, oh, there's that person coming. I'm going to turn and walk away and go down the next aisle. I'm going to avoid that person. But instead, she, she walked up to that person and started a conversation and um, let her know how hurt she was. You, know, you really hurt me when this was going on. And the lady didn't apologize or anything. But then the first lady who, who engaged in the conversation said, but I found myself saying these words. I forgive you, and I'm sorry for the anger that I've held inside of myself. And she said that it was like this wave of peace that came over her, and she realized that she had truly forgiven this person. And this peace came over her. And that's the peace of God. It's not one that doesn't mean everything is perfect and hunky-dory. I mean, that person that you have the conflict with, they may still have a conflict with you. But our, if we allow God to work in our lives, then we can have peace. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. So whether we have trials going on in our lives or whether we are free from trouble at the moment, whether we are in conflict or whether we are not, I pray that at all times, we're able to have peace. The peace of God, which passes all understanding. Peace in the midst of death, divorce, tragedy. Peace in the midst of a car wreck or being fired from a job. Peace in the midst of a chaotic household with children running around and they've drawn on the wall for the fifth time. Not that that has happened at my house or anything. Peace when you're, you just want to get to one place on time and you come around the corner and there's construction in the way. We can have peace in all of those settings if we will rely on God. So that's my prayer for us this morning, for this week, and then especially as we, as we go in to the rest of this holiday season that we won't um, lose attention on, on the chaos of holiday seasons and and whether or not they're playing Christmas music before Thanksgiving is done yet. And, you know, I need, to, I need to buy presents and get started ahead of time and put it on credit card or lay away or what's the best way. Or do I, did I buy the right transformer for grandson so-and-so or will they like it? Don't worry about those things. Let's focus on God in our life. Let's pray. Father God, I, I thank you for this day that you've blessed us with. I ask that your peace dwells in our lives. And God, as we live our life daily, that people will be able to look into our lives and, and see you working there, see your peace in our lives despite the chaos that we might find ourselves in. And I pray that we can share that with our neighbors and friends, our families, those around us that need your peace so desperately. We pray this in Jesus Christ, and all together we say, Amen. Let's stand together and, and let's sing.